1: And, and this, this is, is our, our house.
0: house.
1: Welcome back to the House of Hockey podcast. I am your host, Breezy. And I'm your other host, Ray Ray. And
0: we are here. We're kicking. We're alive. We're, we're doing it. We are alive. We, as far as we know, are free of the virus. But we haven't been tested. I haven't been tested. Have you? I haven't
1: been tested.
0: <laughs> exactly. So I self-diagnosed
1: myself one time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that you did or didn't have it?
1: Um, that Well, I, I got sick. Well, it was actually our first episode. Yes. Remember, I was like, we talked about it. And we're like, all right, let's start our first episode, this and that. And then like the next day, I was like, I have a sore throat. And you're like, I have a sore throat. And then I was down for the count for like four days. And then... All of a sudden i was like okay and i was like did i have it did i not have, have it? it i don't know
0: i don't know i don't i don't know as far as we know we're gonna just go with ignorance is bliss on this situation right here and because we're, we're abiding by the rules of quarantine and yep. we are not infecting others and i'm wearing a red bandana every time i go out to the store in public i'm washing my hands <laughs> so you know we can we can just say we don't have it so what
1: yeah we do not have it
0: No. Have you learned anything about yourself in this quarantine, Breezy?
1: Um, well, I have learned that I really enjoy staying home. I really enjoy it. I, I, I like to just hang out and I always have a a happy hour, usually around noon. (laughs) So yeah, I think I've just learned that I, I'm perfectly content being home. How about you?
0: In the same way. I'm like the introverted extrovert type where you. I I really like I like being home. I feel way less anxious knowing uh-huh. that I don't have to do anything. I mean, I have a ton of stuff to do, but I don't have to run and go somewhere. I don't have to go do this and try to get this done, get this done, and get that done. And I, I'm like turning down virtual happy hours with people. I'm like, I, I don't want to see you. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> like, I, I only like seeing you in real life. Like every once in a while, anyway. Like every Friday, I don't want to have to talk to you. You know, yeah. I want to only talk to you when I want to talk to you. And today, I don't feel like it, so I'm not gonna. But- not gonna. but, uh, I do, uh, let's see, what have I learned about myself? Yeah. I mean, I, I do like being home. I like my space. Um, I like, I like quiet and you know, I, I like to get stuff done when I want to get stuff done.
1: Are you like a list person? Like, do you have to like write a list and then like check it off? Or are you just kind of like, yeah, I know I have stuff I got to do. like
0: no. I have a list here. I have a list on my phone. I have a list on my Google Gmail. (laughs) Daily planners. Oh, yeah. Lists everywhere. I, I have to. It actually... I have, I run very anxious and it actually, the lists really help me get it out of my head because I've like written it down and I know that Mm -hmm. it's written down and that it's there and that I won't forget and I I will not do it. Mm -hmm. Um, But lists are my friend. Same for you, huh?
1: Same for me. I, I'm very like goal oriented, I would say. And I, plan out my day just because I, I obviously have my own business and I deal with multiple clients. So like I try to to put the same amount of effort into every client that I have each and every day. So like I have to make sure I'm like, okay, I got to get the same amount done for every client for the most part. I'm going to go from head to toe, boom, 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 check it off as it goes. And it just helps me stay focused. Um, and it makes me feel like fulfilled almost. Like I did some, I did a good job today. So sometimes you just need to tell yourself that.
0: That's true. It gives you the instant gratification of like knowing and seeing, seeing what you've done and knowing like I did something for myself and my business today and to put that check mark on the box and go, ah,
1: yeah, okay, exactly. Well, I always taught, well, I I heard once upon a time and then I always kind of taught it to myself that there's not such thing as being busy. You can be busy all you want, but if you're not productive, then you're not doing anything with your life. So I always want to make sure that if I'm spending time doing something that I'm being productive about it and I'm not just wasting time away. So
0: that's my motto. I would agree with that. There's a, I find sometimes I can be like, a little distracted trying to do too many things at the same time and right. then I don't feel fulfilled and then I don't feel like I've done anything and then I get mad at myself cause I'm mm-hmm. like, I didn't get anything done but I was busy all day, what the hell was I doing? Yep. Um, so sticking to my list and like having some bit of structure is good, but I'm also, I've gotten a lot better at, sometimes life throws shit at you as we all know yep. right now. And I've gotten better at going with the flow of like, okay, well, I had a whole plan. I had a to-do list, but X happened. And so now all of that has to go out the window and we have to readjust. And I actually do really well with that sort of thing, crisis sort of adjusting to to chaos. I, I would say that has to do with my days in news, working in local news as a producer, where like you spend eight hours of the day putting together... An entire hour-long newscast. I've written everything. We've had 1,100 meetings about what we're going to do today on the newscast. And then breaking news happens five minutes before the <laughs> show. And everything I've spent eight hours doing goes out the fucking window. And oh, it doesn't matter. And you have to boy. like not have that attachment to yeah. everything you just did. And so I, right. I really learned that in my time there. But uh, other than that, like productivity levels, I mean, I'm doing well. Like doing, doing productive things like ordering a new hockey stick for my yeah. continual learning to play hockey in my, uh, apartment. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I know we're, let's see, my stick will probably have arrived when this episode comes out round two, hopefully okay. the yep. street hockey stick I've ordered will be here and it will be not child size. Right. And I can resume my uh, coaching with everybody on, on Instagram who's offering me <laughs> such wonderful advice. And I've been doing some live coaching on there on um, at the Hockey Lady. And right. it sure is fun for people to watch, I think, because I am a complete beginner. But uh, anything else aside from that? I mean, I'm definitely having to learn how to cook. I am not a cook. Like, not a cook. I can not do, a fan. I can do like four things, four dishes. But now that you know we're in quarantine, I mean, I'm yeah. having to like kind of figure out like flavors and stuff, and that's an interesting process because I eat burnt chicken if I have to. <laughs> so, I well, mean, I'm, I started
1: what about my you? own website, cooking website. Well, I put my recipes out there to help anybody who needs like a quick meal. But for the most part, you need to have a smoker or a grill because that's that's how I cook. But I'm not much help for you. Sorry.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't have a grill or smoker. Yeah. Uh, I have an oven and I have a toaster oven. You know what?
1: You could do pretty much all of this stuff in the oven. I'm going to give you the link okay. and you could pick something.
0: Well, tell everybody what the link is if they're listening and they're like, I want Breezy's recipes for her smoker.
1: I mean, it's pretty amateur right now because Doesn't a, matter. I need, I need way better lighting for my photos. So I am taking a photography course. <gasps> cool. So that's my, that's my new thing. So I could try to, uh, to up my game for multiple reasons. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, at Breezy's barbecue chicken or not chicken. What? I'm- I'm hungry. I don't know if you it's tell. my
0: fault because I was talking about yeah. burnt chicken.
1: <laughs> you said chicken. It's Breezy's Barbecue Kitchen, Kitchen on Instagram. And then it's just that dot com. So yeah. So do you have I a signature can... dish?
0: Girl, no. Signature <laughs> dish is burnt fucking chicken. I mean, I, I've actually stopped cooking chicken altogether. I don't even buy raw chicken because it's Overcooked, dry, and tastes horrible, and so I don't even cook it. What I do is I buy a roasted chicken from the grocery store. I think I have said that before, but I buy a roasted chicken, and yeah. it's perfect. It's juicy, it's flavorful, it's delicious. It's cooked perfect every time, and mm-hmm. it, and then I just you know make vegetables and stuff. I'm I'm a better sous chef, if you will. Like okay. I can I can cook a couple things. It tastes fine. It's not bad. It's not <laughs> Good. It's not like, damn, you should be a chef. It's like it's just, it's fine.
1: It's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. It's fine.
0: Do you, what is your what's your favorite thing to meat to brisket? What, what what what? That's not the right lingo. The verb. What's the verb I'm looking for? I don't know. Like the right uh, meat to prepare. There we go. Prepare. Uh, I'm a big
1: fan of making tri tip. I'll I'll just be real with that. I make mighty Which, good ribs.
0: Which which animal is tri-tip? It's Pigs cow. or cows? Cow. Cows. Okay.
1: I'm not a big pork eater. Okay. Except for bacon because bacon's obviously delicious unless you're my sister-in-law and hate bacon. I don't know. How, how does that happen?
0: I don't know how you hate it.
1: She like refuses to eat anything that has bacon in it at all.
0: Something wrong there I think. I'm just gonna venture <laughs> something wrong with maybe okay something wrong with your taste buds how about that
1: yeah exactly um <laughs> but yeah no uh yeah tri tip's great i made some smoked bacon this morning for breakfast Ooh. which is absolutely delicious if you've never smoked bacon on your smoker to eat obviously because i don't know what else you do with it you don't throw it away unless you're my <laughs> sister-in-law it's delicious absolutely delicious
0: okay but, but yeah so inspired you're doing a lot you're taking photography classes Mm -hmm. you know i did um i did bake i baked like a basic bitch banana bread like a healthy (laughs) version because um i had all the ingredients so i could do it and but i had chocolate chips because you gotta have a little chocolate in there but i started watching great british baking show on netflix Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: I just like the British accent, and I was a little concerned though that I was going to want to eat like all of the sugar <laughs> in my house <laughs> watching yeah. this. Right, but, um, it's kind of getting me inspired to want to bake. I do like to bake, and I can bake. Um, cake balls are my my signature. I would say Ooh, red velvet cake balls are, good. Cake balls are my masterpiece. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm just doing all the things, you know?
1: That's what you got to do. You got to be productive and keep your mind. And I I was going to say juices, but that sounded weird. (laughs) Keep your mind going.
0: Yeah. And I'm like working out the the Peloton app, the bicycle, you Mm -hmm. know, the spin bike, but I I don't have a spin bike, but their their app is free for 90 days and they have strength training yoga meditation full body like the whole house and i really like their um instructional like strength courses i have a couple like lightweight dumbbells and so i'm Uh I'm, i do that Uh, i try to do something every day to keep that helps keep me sane work some kind of physical exertion exercise that kind of thing
1: Gotcha. That's what you got to do. Yeah. Well, I've also been trying to maintain inspired and I spend a lot of time on Instagram uh-huh. and the other day I did something. What? And I, I think it's a confession that I Uh-oh. have.
0: Are we, and like, are we doing like MTV style confessional, like on, on the real world or Jersey shore yeah, do, it. do I mean, it. I want you to do it like that.
1: Okay wait hold on
0: so like how you're like like they're in the confessional and they're like telling the story like so so okay i'll do like the i'll be like the producer off air so tell me uh what is what do you need to confess breezy what what did you do on instagram
1: yeah so uh, the other day i i had a couple drinks in me and i was like you know I'm going to be back on Instagram. I need to get inspired. Sometimes having like a nice like cocktail will like really like, you know, you get some confidence sometimes. And that's something that I need to like push me over the edge to like really go get what I need. Right. And so I had a couple of drinks and I was on Instagram and I was like, you know what? I've had enough. I've been DMing Justin Bieber so much to watch a Maple Leafs game with me. I'm just going to ask him to come on the podcast. So I DM Justin Bieber asking him to come on our podcast.
0: That's <laughs> a good one. Uh, he Didn't hasn't he respond. responded yet,
1: but I included Haley Hales, my girl, yes. his wife. I love her. She's a Rangers fan, but now she's obviously a Leafs fan. I would love to talk to her. You know yeah. Screw Justin. I want to talk to Haley.
0: Okay. That's fine. But, I think, I mean, I guess. So I wait, can... did it say the message was read? I mean, look, you know how, like you means. can see if it says, or seen, it says seen on Instagram. Yeah.
1: Oh, I hit him up on hunks of hockey. Cause I had more followers there. No, and that I was, he smart. That read was it. smart.
0: That was smart. No, no. You this have, is good business. I have a new
1: this DM. Is, it, so. You have a new DM. Is it from Justin it, Bieber? It's not from Justin Bieber.
0: Damn it. That would have been gold. Uh, I think, it has not been read yet. You know what? I support this and I don't think there's anything wrong with what you did and i would love to have justin bieber on and it's interesting that you share this story because i didn't know you did this yeah i the other night made the decision in my head and i was gonna text you but it was late and i was like Uh i don't want to wake her up i I didn't know and i was like you know what god damn it you know who we're gonna get on this podcast we're gonna get carrie underwood on here she's hell yeah we are she's gonna be on here we need to like get a hashtag going like Carrie on the house or Carrie in the house, or I don't know. We, we Carrie,
1: have... Jesus, take the wheel, bring the house
0: down. That's a long hashtag, but we'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs> it is a long one. But I had, I decided, I thought, you know what? I really love Carrie Underwood and I've talked about her a whole bunch on this podcast and I'm looking for yeah. our, our one degree of separation to her, to connection to her. And yeah. why can't she, why can't she be on our podcast why can't she absolutely so carrie if you're listening we would love to have you on and talk carrie. about being a a wag to a nhl player and life as a mom and a singer we love yep. you carrie we i love you do you like carrie as much as i do or I, is it just me
1: you know i think you probably like her more than i do but okay, i did husband. see her in concert it was great <laughs> she was fantastic um i was a fan when she was on american idol i, I voted that was probably one of the only times i voted on american idol uh, except for scotty mccrary i love scotty mccrary it took me nine years to see him in concert but i did recently okay. well <clears throat> we have a little bit of a roundabout that we could do to get to carrie how so mike has right? a company called Catch and Deers. okay their address is online we can mail a letter. Let's do old it. Old school style. Yes. And then that's like from our heart. Yes. And then maybe one of them, maybe Mike's brother will go over to their house and say, this is so funny. we got a handwritten letter for Carrie to go on a podcast. Maybe.
0: I'm, I'm here for it. Let's do it. Let's write Genius. this letter in Google Docs together. We're going to mail it. And yep. we, can, we can drop our one degree of separation of people we know who can vouch for us.
1: Which is now two people.
0: Two people. We are very close. So if anybody... So basically listens,
1: half a degree away.
0: <laughs> yeah. If anybody has any uh, connections to Mike Fisher or Carrie Underwood, get in our DMs at House, House of Hockey Podcast on Instagram and let us know how you can help us get her on the podcast.
1: There we have it.
0: We got to do it.
1: There we have it. Okay. We're going to do it. All right. Well, I feel like, I feel like I need a confession from you. I just dropped the JB
0: confession. Here's like a true confession when I, so I was raised Catholic. Um, I don't practice um, anymore. And when you first go to confession, when you're in second or third grade, I thought I'm not telling this guy my sins (laughs) he knows my dad i know him i go to church every sunday what if he tells the teacher i can't trust this guy and i so i lied i I lied in confession and i didn't tell him any like true sins i just i was like you know what i'm gonna just make this shit up and i'm like i was mean to my brother and i didn't listen to my parents and he was like, all right, two Hail Marys and, and our father. And I was like, mm-hmm, thanks. My friends were like, you're not going to tell him? I'm like, hell. Not. Like, I didn't say hell at that time. I was like, "Yeah, no, no, <laughs> no. I'm not telling this this guy, this priest, are you out of your mind? Oh, no man, way. It's funny. I was like a little kid. That was my rationale. I don't really know what that says about me. And I'm sure more people are going to be praying for me tonight. And you know what? That's just fine. I'll take your prayers. But uh yeah I so I don't have anything to confess.
1: Oh huh. all right well
0: I don't know. That was no that's very anticlimactic. I'm sorry <laughs> yours was way better. I think we've got to just get to our uh get to our interview.
1: Yeah well before we start let's mm-hmm. uh make sure we're giving credit where it's due and this episode is sponsored by Manscaped the best grooming with nick free technology for men and I mean women probably could use it too. Uh, You can get 20% off and free shipping when using code THPN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code THPN at checkout.
0: So what do you know about ice hockey in the UK, United Kingdom? I know very little about it other than it exists and so to talk about it with us is the father and son hockey podcasting duo shane and finn ray they're the hosts of the uk hockey fan podcast welcome all the way from the uk welcome guys
2: (laughs) hey hey guys thanks for having us (laughs) on
0: of course now tell us where in the uk are you guys
2: So we live really near Oxford, which is a place most people, I suppose, will have heard of. And Oxford itself is only about 40 minutes drive from London.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So tell us... um, A little bit about your podcast. Give give us a little bit of a background. So when we're not in quarantine and dealing with a global pandemic, you guys uh, typically are a Toronto Maple Leafs podcast because you're actually uh, from Canada, but you live in the UK now. So tell us that story and how that all came about.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll start if you want, Finn. Oh yeah, go for it. So we, yeah, we're a Canadian British family and um, uh, I grew up, in southwestern Ontario, near, not far from Toronto. And uh, we've been over here for quite a long time now. And uh, Finn's been growing up here, so he's the one with the British accent and I'm the one with the Canadian accent.
3: <laughs> and
2: <laughs> and we originally started out with a web radio station. And um, and so we had all this kit and stuff from, uh, um, we used to do, a, a we ran our own web radio station, not sports related. Uh, And then, and and I've always been a hockey player and Finn got into hockey a few years ago and uh, we decided to switch from the web radio was sort of dying and podcasting was happening and we thought, well, let's get a podcast going and uh, we'll do it on about something that we, you know, that we're both really passionate about and the natural thing was hockey. Uh, And so we started a couple of years ago, I think we've just uh, done our 40 odd episode or something like that and um and so we do love the leafs but our podcast is actually just about hockey in general although we do tend to talk a bit more about the leafs than anybody else because they are the best
3: (laughs) yeah we uh we came uh, around the idea of a podcast ages before we even started it but then we ended up just one day just talking about hockey just for like an hour or two straight and we decided it like we have all this gear anyway so we may as well just uh, start up a podcast and just put it out to people to give everyone more of a UK viewing on things and uh, yeah it's just kind of gone from there
1: nice so how popular is ice hockey in the UK
2: yeah it's a really good question so actually when you're here and you follow a team it's like following a team back there there's loads of fans there's a couple hockey towns here with big arenas and things like that you go you can go to a game And you could be uh, watching any team in something like the OHL or AHL, well-attended and that sort of thing. But the really weird thing about hockey here is you're either in it or you're totally not in it, if that makes sense. (laughs) So if you're a fan and you could be a total crazed fan of a team like the Nottingham Panthers or someone like that, but if you're not into ice hockey, you literally know nothing about it. You have no idea it's even happening in your town.
0: (laughs) Wow. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs)
2: it's really bizarre. It's really weird. And, um, and hockey here is, is absolutely a a marginal and niche sport, right? Um, especially from a pro point of view and we know why this is. And, um, and we talk about it, we've talked about it on quite a few episodes of our own podcast and it comes down to one thing and one thing only, and that is access to ice. Mm. And, And so, um, Basically, here it's there's rinks are really few and far between, right? So we looked this up before we came on tonight. <laughs> Thanks.
0: <what we> <laughs> this was I, a big question.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is so how many how many rinks? I will ask you guys. We'll, we'll throw a couple of questions back to you guys too. Yeah. How many rinks do you guys think there are in England?
0: Like the whole oh. the whole of the of the country, or just in that part of the country?
2: The whole of the the whole of the country. Have a guess.
0: I would say six. Okay. I was going to go with like
1: five, but I don't know.
2: Is well, it too you are, low? You're going to be pleasantly surprised then. There are actually 24 rinks <laughs> in uh, in England. now. Okay. But check this out. Keep, keeping all things in perspective, 24 rinks in England, the country of England, right? And England's population is... 60 million or something like that, is it?
3: I I don't know, something Uh, around that. Suddenly,
2: we should have looked that up. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of people here. Anyway, 24 rinks in the whole of the country. Now, where I come from uh, in Ontario, so one province, like a state, right? Mm -hmm. One section of the country, there are 750 arenas, and in total ice surfaces, there is 1,050 in Ontario.
1: (laughs) Holy crap. (laughs)
2: so that gives you an idea and so we, we went further we looked this up rinks in Canada if you had to guess how many rinks there were in Canada go high
0: like 10,000, yeah, a million.
2: Yeah. <laughs> a million. <laughs> so this is like the price is right or something. You guys yeah. were massively too low and now you're <laughs> massively too high. Yeah. <laughs> so it's 3,300 like sort of rinks where you could play an official game. There, And that probably doesn't include like ice pads and practice pads and all that sort of thing. Now, um, how many rinks do you think there are in LA? There's probably only a lot because
1: I mean, hockey out here is is growing so i would say i mean i know off the top of my head gosh probably at least
0: oh really
1: i would
2: think so so we we couldn't really nail down the exact figure but what we got was something like 25 official sized rinks and then any number of practice pads and that sort of thing so it it could get to around 50 right so that's in 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 the city of la so Coming back to England, twenty-four rinks right. in the entire country. Wow! So that's where the problem starts with the sport of ice hockey here, and and you know if if you depending on where you live, it's it could be hours and hours to the nearest ice rink. So you uh, you know even at even at the amateur level, if you want to follow a you know a sort of mid-range semi-pro team or whatever, where it's only like ten pounds, the equivalent of like twenty bucks. To go and see a game you're still looking at like a three-hour drive to go and support that team or whatever because the ranks can be so far few and far between so that's oh, really? that's one of the reasons why it's such a niche sport here
0: and does it also have to do with the fact that as far as actual uh land area mass there is also i mean you have a big population of people in a in a smaller sized like you know square mile area of your a of a country too right like there is only so much room there to put in a giant arena
2: yeah for sure for sure now the funny thing is is that you'd think that because geographically it's a really small country that it would actually be way easier so I grew up playing minor hockey and whatnot in Canada and I'm one of those guys that has memories of spending my life on a crappy old school bus for you know, ten hours to a game and that sort of thing, and then play that game and and drive ten hours back home without stopping in a hotel or anything like that. Now, so you'd think geographically the UK being so small that that would disappear, right? But the problem is, is that there's so few rinks that the problem's exactly the same. It's still you know miles apart. So Finn, who's in the minor hockey system here his games are you know we his last game was a four-hour drive each way to play and that sort of thing (laughs) inside of england so So you you
0: really love your dad then don't you
2: (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) and it's funny because of course it's such a niche sport that you find a lot of um, young guys who are in the minor system their dads do actually play and there's a, a huge amount of uh, Canadian and American families over here, and uh, so on a lot of minor league teams, you'll find uh, a combination of a sort of a hardcore of um, British British kids, uh, surrounded by loads of Canadians and Americans, and then Finns and Swedes and all the sorts of you know European countries that would be uh, hockey countries.
0: So. Tell us a little bit then about sort of the NHL version of of professional hockey there. It's called the, there's a couple and there's been some transitions. So the most current popular is the Elite Ice Hockey League. That was in 2003. Is that correct?
3: Yeah. So the Elite League is the main league right now, but then you've also got the National Ice Hockey Premier League, I think it is, like the uh, NIHBL, I think and uh, then you've got as you go down you've got the NIHL which has like two divisions so we basically have like the same kind of tier system as in North America but we have like uh, we have this this main league which everyone usually knows about and then as you go down like it's like barely anyone unless you're really from the town and really know it that's kind of the the teams down there you know yeah,
2: yeah. and it's, a, it's a not, a, not a huge league and, and so um, like so many, if you imagine um, the history of some of the sort of farm leagues around North America mm-hmm. that struggled and burned out and, and went bust and then sort of reinvented themselves somehow else, that happens on a fairly cyclical basis here, where a league will just, you know, an anchor team will collapse and the league will go and then they'll fight like hell and reinvent themselves the following year and reemerge as, as another league.
3: Oh, and wow. they've, somehow,
2: they've somehow managed to keep it together but the elite league itself so the top flight of hockey here their equivalent of sort of their nhl um how many guess have a guess at how many teams there are in that league remember 24 rings <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i cheated and looked so breezy you guess go on um you know i probably
1: should know this but i'm gonna say probably uh 10.
2: yeah bang on 10 10 teams in the uh, in the current league. <laughs> That unfortunately just collapsed when when all the rest of uh, hockey stopped. But yeah, okay. so there's ten, there's there's ten teams, and um, and I'm you know I'm just looking at the list of them here, and um, some of them, of course, hockey becomes more prolific uh, the further north you go as well. So if you think about Great Britain, huh. it's a, essentially a long sort of skinny country, a bit fatter at the bottom, and goes all the way up to the likes of Scotland and the mainland, and so the further north that you get. Um, the more prolific hockey is. So the real hockey towns, like something that uh, any of us would recognize as the hockey town with a proper big, well-supported arena and a pro team, they become more prevalent the further north that you get. And so I've talked to um, people that know more about the UK leagues than I do, and more about the history of things. And this actually is down to global warming. And so... Way back even decade well like decades ago. So they've had ice hockey here for decades
0: Right. And Is that because um, of like ponds like the ponds such sort of situation like the further north you go the the You can play ice outside if you didn't have an arena kind of thing
2: I think that's definitely the case. So hockey's a winter sport, right? Right. And um, And so in and same with if you look at European countries where it's prevalent there are There are usually countries that have a proper winter and um, and so in the north, like Scotland used to have ski areas and things like that, and all of them are closed down because they don't get any snow anymore. Wow. And so you'll find hockey's really well-supported in Scotland, and you think about the Olympics, so they're really big into curling and things like that, so they've always had ice rinks, right? Right. And uh, so Scotland has is huge into hockey, and then coming, you know, a bit south of that, you've got Sheffield here, which is a huge hockey town. It could be just carved right out of any... You know, sort of medium sized town in North America somewhere. (laughs) And, uh, you know, and then all the way down to sort of the middle of the country where there's like Coventry Blade and Blaze and Nottingham Panthers and and, um, all these sorts of things. And then slightly out and into Ireland, you've got the Belfast Giants who are essentially up north and that sort of thing too. And so the further south you come, the less prevalent hockey is. And and word is, is because up in the north, they used to get a proper winter here.
1: Well, speaking of Scotland, um, they obviously have their team. They were the, now they're the, what, the Glasgow clan?
2: Yeah, Glasgow clan, formerly known as Brayhead clan.
1: Brayhead, right. Yeah, I actually, uh, I made friends with one of the players a a couple years ago. So um, I kind of know a little bit about them, but who would you say is like the, I mean, would you say like the, sorry, what did you say the Ireland team was?
2: So they're the Belfast Giants. Okay, so would you say that
1: the you know the, the Giants and the Clan are probably you know the biggest rivalry? Uh,
2: so I, I would say yes for sure they're they're in that. So the top teams usually in the league that have been fighting it out for certainly the past few years are um, Belfast Giants, you know mm-hmm. up north, uh, Glasgow Clan uh, up in the north. Then you've got Sheffield Steelers who also are in the north of the country, uh, and then really oddly the Cardiff Devils from Wales, and wow. so. All of these places have like a proper, big, nice arena and whatnot. Really well-supported clubs. Um, Belfast is probably the most interesting story because Belfast Giants, the reason that they have hockey is, um, and I learned this because I went up to Belfast recently and did the open top bus tour. And oh, okay. <laughs> like
0: the big red bus, like the big red bus that they do in like Hollywood and, and exactly Manhattan. Exactly
2: that. exactly that. Yeah, I was up there for work. It <laughs> must have been a little
0: cold, huh? <laughs>
2: <laughs> and so and so, um, it turns out that, so you know about, everybody knows about the tr- Irish Troubles, right? Um, and remember, we're talking about Northern Ireland here, which is where all the I- Irish Troubles were, um, you know, with the IRA bombings and all that horribleness yes. that happened, you know, um, in the 70s and 80s and all that sort of thing. Anyway, at the end of all of that, the government said, right, let's make a major investment in some sort of sporting sporting venue and um but what we want to do is we want to try and pick an, a totally fresh sport that neither side of the troubles is already invested in uh, or attached to and so they chose ice hockey and so they built this amazing huge rink and it's built right in the um the old shipyard where the titanic was built and it's uh, so cool it's a totally awesome amazing arena and in the bottom of it they have this huge sports bar and it's a canadian themed sports bar. <laughs>
0: because of course it is that's it yeah (laughs) yeah.
2: and you can buy like the little trucks around that sell you know that sell fast food and they sell poutine oh my god that sounds so (laughs) So good right now these guys have like totally embraced the whole hockey thing but interesting right like yeah um, how they ended up getting ice hockey there
0: Hockey bringing, bringing, uh, Ireland together, you know, Yeah,
2: yeah <laughs> peace through ice hockey,
0: peace through ice hockey. It's cause they leave it all out on the ice, you know? So <laughs> some of the, uh, some of the teams that you were just mentioning, would you say, so since those have like the most proper, uh, stadiums and clubs and support, are they therefore the most popular and, um, who, who do you guys cheer for?
3: So the most popular teams are probably the Cardiff Devils, the Belfast Giants, and the Sheffield Steelers because they got all the biggest rings. So they have the biggest fan base because most of the people from there will go and cheer because they're bigger uh, kind of towns or cities. Um, And uh, the the best team right now, and it's the team that we cheer for and they've just won, uh, the Sheffield Steelers. And uh, they've done really well this season. Uh, And yes, it's been really good
0: how did you guys pick them like when you when you got there like how did you decide like that's our team you know outside of outside of the Leafs
2: so so I think I, um, you correct me if I'm wrong a I can't remember no, yeah, yeah, okay. I, I think it's because so I so as I mentioned I was in in Belfast for work <laughs> and I was also in Sheffield for work at one point point. and so I play for um, a teams a, a team around here And um, because I was working in Sheffield for a year, I'd spend most of my time during the week up there. And I started playing for a team up there, not the Steelers. Obviously those days are well behind me, (laughs) but but I was playing for another team that was in that, that played at that rink. And and so I went along to see a Steelers game and I was just blown away at how, um, you know, you could walk through the door of their rink. And for me, it was like just being teleported back home for a night because the, uh, the, You know, it's not only hockey, but the atmosphere is exactly the same. If you imagine every single song that you'd hear in between the action, in between the whistles, they use all the same songs. It They start the games off with the the hockey song by Stomp and Tom Connors and, uh, you know, all the sort of songs that you expect to hear. And they just sort of recreated the experience exactly. And so anyway, so Sheffield was the first one that we sort of knew about properly that was in the Elite League and then we sort of stuck with it
1: nice would you say that the uh the arena is pretty i know you said it's pretty much like the same thing how any other nhl is but do they have any kind of weird you know things that they do that are not like nhl you know arenas yeah so they
2: do i don't know do they do ch- something called chuck-a-puck there chuck-a-puck. like they have <laughs> so I've you never know how, heard of chuck-a-puck <laughs> so it's, it's pretty the games are pretty much the same right so um, yeah. They have somebody, you know, involved in those leagues has been across, obviously, to North America and have seen pro games, and they've just recreated that experience. And as, as expected, people that like hockey just, you know, go crazy for it. Uh, Because it works, right? Mm -hmm. So in the intermissions where you'd have, like, somebody shooting from center ice to try and score on a little hole in the goal or whatever for a prize. So they do something here called chuck-a-puck where everybody gets a puck with a number on it. You throw it onto the ice. And if it lands near a cone, you win and stuff like that. They
0: do this where did i see this they did this in anaheim they did this when i went to the women's uh the u.s versus canada game it was like for charity they got like a foam puck and everybody wrote their number or their name or whatever and then they throw it and whoever gets it closest to the center dot like wins whatever, a signed jersey or something, but they did it for charity. So I think I know, is that the same thing? Yeah,
2: that is exactly yeah. it. That is exactly it. So even that is not unique.
0: <laughs> no, but I had never seen that at an NHL game. That was like something the women's team had adopted. Breezy, have you ever seen that at an NHL game?
2: No, I haven't at all. I, I think the problem with the NHL is that when um, when you when I to my mind, when I think about the logistics of the rink, it's like, uh, plexiglass and then mm-hmm. net right and ha- i don't know how you would chuck a puck over that situation so it's in smaller right. rinks where that where you can actually chuck a puck onto the ice somehow basically <laughs> but uh but the rest of the experience is pretty much the same right it's uh it, it's really similar and there's like 50 50 draw in between yeah. and, everything else. <laughs> and they even have like a, you know if the a couple of these big teams in the elite league have a proper big old jumbotron and whatnot not all of them do some of them have just literally a sort of old school scoreboard But even the ones that have jumbotrons have like kiss cam and all that sort of thing. So it's really like just a night out at the NHL. It's awesome.
1: How fun. That's cool. Do any of the teams have uh, something similar to like, say like the Red Wings when they throw an octopus on the ice
2: or anything like that? So they, they chuck teddy bears on the ice and stuff, but I think that's an NHL thing. Yeah. That's (laughs) for a special charity thing. I don't know that they, I, I'm, I don't know of any like weirdnesses like that that are yeah. uh, unique to the team. there probably are some but right. um, but you know I just don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah well are are the games televised on TV at all? or
3: they sometimes are so we don't have like a proper like sports channel for these kind of things. we have something called free sports which is where sometimes they'll put like a game on like midweek if they don't have some, something else taking up slot or whatever mm-hmm. Um, and that's really the only way that you can ever get it. And sometimes the team put like a, a paid stream that you can pay for on oh, their website, okay. you can just like kind of like a link thing that you can like uh, put on your TV or something. Gotcha. That's really yeah. good things.
2: I think the difficulty with that is obviously that um, if you think about the money that's tied up in sports broadcasting and mm-hmm. whatnot. And, um, and so that all comes from, you know, the reason that you and I or anybody else can ever see an NHL game on the TV is because some sponsors have paid for ad- advertising space, right? Right. And uh, the sport's not big enough here, so nobody will do it. And so they've, try- they've tried to um, – occur- it's a catch-22, right, because there isn't a big enough audience – to justify anybody paying rights to broadcast it but you can't get an audience unless you can get the game out to people that don't turn up at the rink or whatever yeah. so what some teams have been doing is they've uh, they get their own cameras set up and they'll try and do a like a live stream on the over the web or whatever Oh <laughs> <And no. laughs> like the Steelers <laughs> The Steelers, we can catch a game from them. They, they um, live stream most of the games, and you've got to like go online. And you pay like the equivalent of about ten bucks to watch to watch it from your house and whatever. But he, as you can imagine, it's it's nothing like the NHL. Yeah. <laughs> it's like stationary cams and whatnot. And you'll see like the, the puck will go past, you know, and then you're waiting for it to come back. It's like <laughs> oh, no, there it is again.
0: I mean, can you even see the puck on that? Like on that broadcast. <laughs>
2: You can, I'm, pro- I'm probably not doing them justice. It's not as bad as that, but it's, it's a, uh, it's like community TV. You know what I mean? Rather yes. than, you know, super pro. So, uh, so no, it's, it's a too small market.
0: Yeah. Now when you guys are at the games, so I know that obviously football, AKA soccer is, you know, probably the most prevalent sport there. And um, there's a lot of really distinct cheers at those games at the soccer games. I'm going to just say soccer. So I don't, I, I, that's, I'm I'm American. What do you want from me? (laughs) So we're going to call it soccer. Um, But there's a lot of, uh, you know, very specific chants and things like that. Now does that translate into hockey? Because, you know, in the, he, you know you've been to NHL games where it's like let's go Hawks let's go Leafs like the same sort of chant is exists for all the teams but I know in soccer yeah. they're very different and very distinct so how does that apply to uh, hockey in the UK
2: so yeah that's a really good question do you want to have a go
3: yeah I'll, I'll take this uh, so when you think of like a football or soccer Uh, You you think of like all these things almost. I I feel like most of them are almost insults to whoever they were playing. (laughs) Um, But when it comes when it comes to hockey here, they're usually around the same as if it was an NHL or OHL game. They're usually kind of generic saying like, let's go Steelers or something like that. And it's more hockey here is more the same uh, in most ways as as it would be in North America. Uh, and then the chants aren't really the same as football. I, no. I, I don't know all the chance specifically, but I know most of them of the games that I've been to have usually just been some kind of variation of what it usually is, you know?
2: Yeah, so soccer, I mean, soccer fans have a really bad rep, right? And, and it's, it's well deserved. We've been to loads of soccer <laughs> games too. And uh, you don't find it in to my ex, in my experience, you don't find it in any other sport, so if you can, um, if you can imagine there's other really big sports here um, and uh, none of them have that same sort of thing like and like Finn's saying, it's usually their their chance are not supporting their own team they're doing <laughs> down the other team, <laughs> which is crazy, right? and so I was going to ask you, so we looked this up too most uh-huh. popular sports here, Canada and the states most poss- pop- popular professional sports so i'm going to give you the first one in the uk it's obviously soccer mm-hmm. so what do you think the second most popular or, or any of the uh, any of the most popular ones are
0: i would say rugby
2: so rugby's up there it's number 3 What's i would it? say tennis tennis is up there number 4 you guys are doing well you missed What's out number 2 though number two? it's a huge british sport
0: cricket curling
2: Yes. Cricket's number two. Well, we're already <laughs> at the top four. And I was flabbergasted when I found out what number five was. You'll never guess what I'm going to tell it to you. It's badminton.
3: What? Yeah. Badminton. So we're, at,
2: we're at badminton. Number six, I, I, won't put, I'll, I won't put you through it. I'm going to tell you number six is swimming. Number seven is athletics. Number eight is rowing. And number nine is where you get into hockey ice hockey wow. that is.
0: Not wow. even basketball, football or baseball makes that list, but hockey Not, does. None of
2: those, those none of those even make the top 10. So that Holy. again gives you, that gives you an idea of of how marginal the sport is here and why there's no, you know, why there's no money in the game and that sort of thing. And so it you know, it barely scrapes into the top 10 of the most popular sports here. Now when we looked up the US, what do you think number 1 is? You probably know.
0: It's, I, it's gotta be yeah. football now and then mm-hmm.
2: baseball. It's football. Football then baseball, you're right.
0: Basketball, hockey. Basketball.
2: Hockey's number four, right? And so yeah. there you go. That's the fundamental difference right there. Yeah. And so um, you've got hockey being one of the top four most popular sports in the in, in the continent of North America. And here it barely scrapes into the top 10. And as you can imagine, the audience gets smaller and smaller and it gets dramatically smaller as you drop down the tent to, to the bottom of the tent. So that's it. The, but what made me think of it was when you're asking about the chance from football and whatnot. So mm-hmm. they're really into the cricket and rugby and all this other stuff. None of that stuff has that horrible nastiness to it. They're all just they just love one another. You go to a rugby <laughs> game and whoever you're playing against the other team, you're all arm in arm and cheers in and everything else. It's all fun and great. No. It's only
0: no i do not support that i do not support that we should not be friends we should be you know hurling insults at each other we should be chirping the shit out of each other at the game that's too nice (laughs) well
2: it's funny because i went to um uh, also again uh another work thing um uh ray ray you know that i work in in media as well Mm -hmm. and so i was in new york and so I took some colleagues from here to a Rangers game while I was there. We were there for a couple of days. Rangers were playing. I'm like, oh, my God, you all have to come to see the Rangers with me. And uh, not one of them had even seen a hockey game on TV or anything. And they're like, oh, is it that game where, like, they have fist fighting and whatnot? And I was like, oh, yeah. Yes. And uh, they're like, right. So, so, <laughs> so I took them out to a game. And, uh, you know, so talking about, you know, it being, um, you know, a real rivalry or whatever, everybody was so nice. And uh, we were playing against the Senators, and we meaning the New York Rangers. And, uh, And so, but nobody cared, right? Everybody's just like, who cares? We're like, just all in this building, and there's hockey here, and, you know. And I I really loved it. And sure enough, uh, that particular game just delivered it all. There was great, lots of goals scored, loads of fights, and you don't get that anymore, right? So there's no guarantee of any fight in in an NHL game, but it was just perfect, brilliant. No rivalry, just a great night out.
0: That's awesome. Now, are there? I have a few more questions about the UK sort of the leagues. So, is there a most popular player? You know, like a uh, like a Sidney Crosby or a a Connor McDavid or a Patrick Kane like version? Um, And then, who's? um, Are there any rivalries besides the ones that Breezy had talked about with um, Belfast Um, and?
3: I'm not sure if there's like a a favorite player. I know that as cuz the sport isn't so it isn't big here. Right. Some people just end up just uh, supporting whoever is like really good on GB. So for example, we uh, in in uh, Britain we have Liam Kirk who's currently playing with the Peterborough Beats in the AHL. So most people if you if you follow GB hockey at all, which is mainly the only kind of hockey that quite a lot of people in this country will follow if they follow it at all and uh, so I'd say probably him because he is like the I'd say like the best that we have to offer kind of thing um, and he, he's played on the GB team and uh, if anyone in this country has seen a game most likely be the GB game especially the world championships.
2: yeah so we skipped right over talking about um, the, uh, team GB so there's obviously um, you know Great Britain the big news is that they qualified for World Hockey, uh, the, the World Cup, Hockey World Cup and um or hockey worlds and uh, and so it was an amazing thing right i think it's the first time or certainly the first time in a really long time yeah. that they actually qualified to play in the tournament and um and it was a real nail-biter because france also made it uh, or was in the tournament and, um, and I, you guys probably won't have followed these two teams because your mind would have been focused on the likes of America, or well, um, the States and Canada. Mm-hmm. But way down at the bottom of the table was uh, the UK and France battling it out to stay in till the next for the next one because they were both looking at like they were going to get relegated out. So they both managed to qualify into the tournament and they were both scraping at the bottom of the, of the uh, tables. And, uh, and it came down to them playing against one another and whoever lost was getting relegated out and whoever won is in for the next Worlds again. And uh, GB won, uh, was it? I think it was 6-5 in OT. 6-5 in overtime Whoa, it was a like wow. huge, huge wow. thing here, right? That would have been totally missed by most Americans and Canadians and stuff like that because all this scrapping out was happening at the very bottom of the table. Um, but anyway, so coming back to who the popular players are, mm-hmm. loads of them are on team GB. So there um, more people probably collectively know about that team than they do the actual individual teams where they then go and play at. So you've got the likes of a really popular goalie called Ben Bounds, who plays for the Cardiff Devils. He's amazing amazing goal goalie, um, but people know him because he's the GB goalie. Uh-huh. And Liam Kirk, who Finn, Finn mentioned, is the most recent uh, British player to make it to be drafted to the NHL. And he hasn't made it into the show yet, but he's playing um, in Peterborough on the farm team of were they? Uh, Arizona Coyotes. Sorry, Coyotes. Okay. So so yeah, there's been, and I mean, we look this, we looked this up too, about English players that have made it to the <gasps> NHL.
0: So did we, so did we, and it's so small, and like none of them are even truly, like they, none of them really like pl- grew up playing in the UK. They sort of are just born there, and then they moved to Canada, most of them.
2: Yeah, and so there's, so there's real weirdnesses around um, how many, you know, quote unquote imports that you can have on a pro team here. And that's sort of gone back and forth. That pendulum has swung back and forth. So somebody knew, so, so there've been periods in hockey here where they knew to attract the top talent Uh, that weren't already playing in pro leagues in in North America or something. They had to let imports into the league. So you'd have teams that were, you know, you'd have a team like Oxford, for example, who's a couple couple rungs from the top, who would be, you know, mainly Swedes and Finns and Czechs and stuff like that. And then maybe one or two British players in there. And so they've tried to swing it completely the other way now. And Mm. they've made it so I think that you can only have like one or two imports on the whole team yeah it's
3: really small now
2: and um and the idea is is to try and bring back building grassroots hockey here because of course if you only ever hire imports into your pro leagues you're never building up the grassroots at the bottom because Mm -hmm. there's no aspiration and motivation for young people to try and get to the top so it's gone really back the other way now there's a real grumble here that the the game's not you know it's not fast enough and not tight enough and everything else because it's it's a purely british game now right Right.
0: yeah yeah it takes time Makes to sense. get that speed and and get it going because so correct me if i'm wrong but i try i thought I th- the cur- only there's only one current nhl player uh brendan perlini who's from yeah. the uk he's the only one and then his I, as i started digging in my research his older brother brett was drafted in 2010 by the ducks and then he played in the echl But he's now on the GB team and the Nottingham Panthers. Yep. But like, is he, is that, does that make him more popular there? Because he's got like, oh, he played like in the NHL and like in his brother plays. Or do they just not care? Like they're just, it's not, uh, it's not as popular as you're saying. So there's not as much clout around him.
3: I'm sure that if you're really into hockey here, then you will have heard of the Pelini brothers kind of thing. And especially if you follow the NHL, because here GB ice hockey sometimes put out like highlights of, um, Brendan, uh, whenever he makes something cool. So he's got a hat trick last season with, uh, the Hawks, I think. And, uh, it was, a, that, was that was quite a big story around all of my uh, hockey friends here. And, um, but uh, other than that, unless you really know, it's not really a big thing. I mean, I, I went to a, a GB, uh, run hockey camp kind of thing with uh, a guy who used to work for GB or something. And uh, when we were doing like, uh, it's like kind of like, a, I don't know what you call it, like a lecture kind of thing. We watched um, we, we watched the GB team play in like this really big game that they had to play in to qualify for the World Championships. And uh, one of the big guys there was uh, Brett Perlini. And that's really one of the main reasons I know about him personally, because I watched film on him, film on him when I was doing a camp here. But I, I, unless you're really into hockey and you've seen these kind of things, you wouldn't really know who he is because he's just kind of another guy unless you, again, follow Nottingham or something like that.
2: Here's a, here's another really funny thing that this reminds me of. And that is that Finn and I went to a, a GB game last year and they are playing in Coventry against um, Dinamo Riga, and uh, which is where are they
3: from? Uh, Latvia. Latvia, and they Latvia play, I, I think. KHL.
2: And so this is a World Cup qualifying match. And so... The hilarious thing was, is that this is one of the bigger bigger rinks in the UK, right? And so we got tickets to go along. And uh, and so it's Team GB in GB against Latvia, essentially. And the place was packed with Latvians. And then there was a tiny little section of British people that we sat in. And, and the Latvians were just fantastically lovely. But they were fanatical about hockey, <laughs> you know, in a way that you would expect, you know, any Leafs fan or Hawks fan or anybody else who are like fanatical about it they were fanatical and they filled the rink and these are all Latvians that are living in the UK but because they're from a hockey country they totally know the sport right and they filled yeah. the rink and uh, and so I remember sitting there with Finn and thinking this is just such a illustration of the problem with hockey in GB is that here's a national team playing that qualified for the worlds and we were there were probably one eighth of the population in the rink in GB were GB people and the rest of them were were Latvians but it was it was a great night too and we won but um, but you know it gives you an idea of how again how marginal it is and so even these guys that are famous and and um, from here and such a small number of them mm-hmm. that make it and go to hockey yeah when they come back within their own club unquestionably they're like godlike right. but um, Nobody general outside. public now no it's just this tiny little hockey bubble that uh that would know about that team and follow that team and they'd be ama- amazingly popular within that bubble but otherwise no one has any idea who they are
1: that's crazy absolutely yeah. crazy well i wanted to uh to circle back and ask finn um you know here i think in minor league and anybody who who kind of plays you know club or just any kind of hockey you look up to a player in the NHL. Yeah. Is it the same over there? Like, do you look up to a player who plays for, you know, the Steelers or do you ultimately end up, you know, looking up to someone in the NHL or in, in like your friends, do they do the same?
3: Yes. Yeah, so most people here and my, my me myself is that we will always look up to someone uh, in either North America or in, or in the NHL uh, mm-hmm. just because like, because of the lack of kind of like people knowing about the sport here. So obviously, right. I, I look at people like uh, Brett uh, Perlini or Liam Cook, and I'm like, I'd love to be that good, like even just to play on like an, uh, an elite league team here. But ultimately, you you always end up going to thinking about like an OHL player in Canada or, uh, or an NHL player like Sidney Crosby. Um, and most of my friends kind of think of the same and the people who I played with think of the same kind of thing. And they're always uh, aspirational or they're inspired by players who play in Canada or mainly play in the NHL. Nice. So
1: who's your, uh, who's probably like your idol?
3: My idol is uh, Mitch Marner. He plays for the Leafs. But That's I right. Followed, I followed the London Knights before I followed properly the Leafs. Uh-huh. So and, uh, Patrick
0: and,
3: uh, Kane? Uh, actually, it was just after Patrick Kane. So Mitch Marner was... Uh, in his final season of the London Knights, just been drafted by the Leafs. And I properly got into it because uh, uh, you went to Canada and he and he went to a game and bought me a jersey and a puck and stuff. Uh, and then I was like, oh, this is the team I'm going to follow now because I didn't really follow pro- properly follow the Maple Leafs. And so I followed them through the whole season and through their Memorial Cup win, which was amazing. And that was like my first season of properly following a team. And I followed Mitch Marner and then he got drafted by the Leafs. And uh, so i I just I just uh, solidifies my love for the Maple Leafs there as well, and just love Mitch Minor.
1: Yeah, Mitch is probably my favorite Maple Leaf as well.
3: <laughs> I'm
2: a Matthews guy myself. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, you're rocking his jersey. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, how do you like
0: just, uh, Matthew's mustache? Important questions. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just sort of love what's happening with um, with the young guys in the NHL at the moment, how they just sort of like adopted this sort of cheesy 70s persona and whatnot. And you see loads of them wearing ridiculously, you can tell like insanely expensive suits, but like really tacky as hell and whatnot. Yeah. I just love what's happening with your sort of 20-year-olds in the NHL at the moment. I don't I don't really get it, but clearly it's an in-joke between them. You know, yeah. you see it across teams as well. It's hilarious. Yeah, well, I yeah. heard
1: Matthews
2: uh, picked up his
1: style. From 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 European, so he ultimately just copied that style over, and it suits. Him. It makes him look a little dirty, but it suits him. <laughs> For
2: sure. we did a we did a little thing on, since the NHL shutdown has been on on our podcast, we've been talking we just been talking hockey and trying to um, focus on some obscure teams and stuff like that, and just dig into them a bit. And so we we uh, looked at the FC um, Lions. Uh, that he he played for over over in Europe and um, yeah it's really interesting that that you know he he definitely picked up some some European (laughs) styley but but just coming back really quickly to what you were saying about um, young people uh, and who they you know sort of who they um, their idols are in hockey one of the really weird things that I always find that's tough for Finn is that I grew up um, I grew up around Stratford in London Ontario mm -hmm. in southwestern Ontario and um you know, not only do you play hockey for a, you know, uh, a minor league team, but usually every high school had a team as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so the guys that I played with were all my best friends and everything else, so you're just always together and you love hockey and everything else. Finn goes to a high school here of 1,500 students, and uh, he's the only one that plays hockey, <laughs> and he's the only one that even wow. really knows anything about hockey.
0: Oh, that's so <laughs> sad. <laughs> he's got mean- me, though you poor yeah he's got you at least and this podcast i get it at least you've got an outlet somewhere but that sucks that's this like a totally different way of of coming up in the sport but go go ahead
2: yeah well it's just were you gonna say something it's like everybody else of course has their favorite soccer player or whatever else and they'll blabber away for that forever but if you're a if you're a hockey fan here or a hockey player and you're a young guy in the minor leagues chances are you don't hang out with anybody else who plays or really gets it you know so it's just a real weird cultural difference
0: well you could talk to us about it anytime you want finn just you know (laughs) just you know geek out with breezy on marner's goals and like all of his sick plays like we'll be here we're here for you okay absolutely
2: (laughs) therapy group yes
0: hockey therapy group right here
1: (laughs) well that has to be kind of hard you know playing being the only one in high school playing because I mean a lot of it is is bonding with your team and if you're not able to to kind of have that atmosphere I mean it, it has to make playing a little bit harder maybe I mean how does that how does that kind of transition over
3: so when I see my teammates and I'm friends with all of them uh, as anyone would if you play with them in North America um, but I see my teammates like for one to three hours a week depending on if we have a game or not And we only, uh, with ice time, we only train like once or twice a week and twice a week is very, very rare. Um, But uh, yeah, so like with with the kind of team bonding, uh, I hear stories of like people going out and they live live near each other uh, Mm -hmm. or they go to school together. And uh, so anytime they have any free time, they'll usually go to each other's house and one of them will have a goal or something. Mm -hmm. And you'll just play hockey for ages and you'll be able to talk about hockey with someone. But uh, here, it's just not really the same. And that that one hour that I, that I have a week with uh, the people I actually play with is, is kind of a thing where uh, you always want to kind of get to training early so you can kind of talk with all those people about hockey. And even some, some of them aren't super into it and are uh, like completely uh, into uh, like uh, soccer or football mm-hmm. uh, here. And they end up talking about that instead. And it's literally even within the people who play here and the kids who play here, like there's still a very small amount of them who are genuinely into hockey or really like follow a team in the NHL. It's um, That's it's crazy.
2: like wh- when I, where I grew up, I don't know about, about you guys, um, the sort of communities that you grew up in, but I grew up in a small town but it was like the hub for a huge rural area and mm-hmm. so when I went to high school kids were bussed in from far away you know from all over the place mm-hmm. and um and the trouble with that was is that when three o'clock came or whatever in school was out everybody piled on their bus and went home and you live too far away to even hang out at night or anything else you know and yeah, uh, yeah. and that's that's sort of the life of of um so much of north america where there's these towns or rural areas where you're just pals sort of at school and uh, and it reminds me sort of of that of course because t- the rinks are few and far between so to support a minor league team, they've got to pull kids from a huge geographical area to right. get enough of them to come and play, mm-hmm. and so uh, it's very difficult for them to even get together
3: outside of hockey. Yeah. But yeah. I, I just
2: you guys got WhatsApp and things. We didn't have WhatsApp when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, That's things. true.
3: Yeah. We have a WhatsApp group or something, which sometimes people post in. You know, it's kind of the only other thing that we can have to talk hockey, even if people end up doing that.
1: Right. Yeah, I was up in uh, I was up in in Toronto a couple months ago, back in January, and I ended up doing a photo shoot with uh, someone. Uh, he played for the Steelheads, Mississauga Steelheads, mm. okay. and so I spent gosh, it was probably like four hours at their at their rink, um, and they were having some like Olympic figure skating thing competition <laughs> going on. But there were like seven sheets of ice. We had one sheet, but they were also doing practice later that day, but. And then on the other sheets of ice, there was people doing stick time and and practicing. But there were so many people in the the rink, and I just I mean, out here, like you see a lot of people, but there's nothing like the amount of people coming in and out of those doors uh, up in yeah. up in Canada. So that
2: was cool to see. For sure, here I mean, and this this comes back to what we were saying in the beginning about ice um, availability to ice, and so this is one of the things that we talk about on uh, on our podcast a lot, and that is. In the UK, a private citizen cannot hire the ice full stop at all, ever. So um, if you wanted to, let's say Finn and I wanted to, we both play with a different team and we wanted to just um, rent the ice for an hour. Uh, to just work on some skills or whatever it is literally impossible you cannot do it it can't be done there are there are rules and regulations that prevent any private citizen from even even if you could get it and so first of all there isn't an hour of ice available to get so these rinks are few and far between so So
0: why do they they have those rules though that's like stifling the the sport there i think so so. what is their logic behind that like they want to keep the ice they don't want to pay but if you're paying for the ice time that pays for the upkeep right
2: so if you, you can imagine that um, with very few rinks, that uh, any rink could easily rent the rent that rink out by the hour, twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week, easily. And, uh, so the demand for for ice time is huge, and uh, and then they have regulations around that. So if you wanted to play hockey and just practice, you have to have a level two coach on the ice. Every player has to be insured oh. and registered with the league, and all these other. And so um, what it adds up to is that it is literally impossible, even for two, we're both league players. Um, we can't ever hire the ice here. And so we were back in Canada in January ourselves. <clears throat> Went to, um, my my sister lives not far from Toronto. And so we were sort of based around there. And uh, almost every day that we were there, we just hi- hired the, the local rink because we could, right. you know, and it was like 50 bucks to, to hire a huge, <laughs> like, you know, 2,000, 2,500 seater rink and that sort of thing. And, and, the, you know, when we were just blown away, Finn was blown away. Like the Zamboni guy would be there like, Hey, do you guys want, you want me to flood the ice before you go on? We're like, uh, we don't really care.
0: Right. You're like, <laughs> we're, we're just care. thankful we have freaking ice to get on for, and do yeah, all sure. of the things.
2: Yeah, for sure. We, so when we see people on uh, Instagram and stuff like that, that you'll see, um, people doing like skills and try and encourage other people and, and they'll be like on a rink by themselves doing <laughs> drills and things like that. I'm just thinking you know, it's like, just literally impossible here. <laughs> totally impossible.
0: Wow, I had no clue that that was such a challenge there. And I mean, are there, I forgive me, I don't really know the geographical <laughs> landscape of, of the UK, but from what I do know, I don't think there's a whole lot of ponds per se that freeze over except up in the far north like you said and due to the global warming as we were talking about at the beginning so you can't even just like go in your backyard and hop on some
3: ice
2: yeah well uh, i mean finn in your lifetime uh how many winters do you remember where the water froze over enough that you could skate on it
3: uh i, I don't
2: <laughs> zero <laughs> zero is the answer so it doesn't really go below zero here wow um, and so certainly, I mean, we might get some freak weather spell where it, it dipped below zero for two days or something like that in a row. But certainly, never uh, cold enough, long enough to freeze even a puddle really to skate on here. So that's just not a thing. No, there's you can't have an ODR here. You you know, there's just uh, there's just no skating at all. So it's really tough, right? So as a as a young person here, and you know, sort of speaking for, for fin here. As a young person, your opportunity to skate is one hour a week with one team and that's it. And you got to get good. And so um, roller hockey is a really big thing here.
0: Yeah, I was uh, going to say, Finn, so like what what else do you do to keep up your game and to practice? I'm sure you practice with your dad in, the, in your yeah. yard or whatever, right? And and with some outdoor things like so what do you do?
3: So uh, a couple of years ago, uh, just after Christmas, I you know, as, as a normal kid would, you, I I got a bit of money together. So I ended up uh, buying uh, like a synthetic ice tile, like a meter long thing. Uh, And then we also, um, we have a sports screen as well. Uh, We had a sports screen sent over by sports screen, which is great. Um, And and, uh, so that comes over our garage door and uh, it has like a goalie on it. So we take out the (laughs) synthetic ice and we got a few pucks as well. So we just kind of shoot on that. And uh but other, other than that, we have a goal as well. But other than that, there's not really much we can do. Um, and then if you have roller skates as well, obviously you can uh, you can pra- try and practice skating on there. But it's it. I, I I played roller hockey for two seasons, and it's just not the same at all. Like it, 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 you just can't get it exactly the same.
2: The the hilarious thing about the, is roller hockey as well. So Finn's been fanatical about hockey for for since he was a little kid. Uh, well, proper little kid. And, um, <laughs> and he uh, and so he practiced and practiced and you know just and this bit is what reminds me of my own childhood and, and that was he was just on the on the driveway with a full size goal ripping thousands and thousands and thousands <laughs> of pucks and he learned to skate on rollerblades rather than on ice skates because he couldn't we couldn't get him to the ice and whatnot finally found a roller team in a league. That was um, looking for new players and so the first night he went along to I took him along to training and whatnot to practice and they played a scrimmage or whatever and after it was over they're like yeah we totally want you on the team like how long have you been playing And he's like this is literally the first game I've ever played <laughs> <gasps> oh my gosh wow. wow. yeah so he was straight on straight on to a team the first time he uh, ever skated with a team
0: Bravo! All that uh practice since you were little in the in the yard yard and stuff has paid off then clearly.
3: Yeah, it, it it was good. And like as as we said here, I um I, I literally started from being able to shoot a puck and a ball uh, without even having uh, like roller skates or anything. I was able to shoot a puck or a ball since I was like four years old. Wow. And uh and then it, it took-I think what was it, like my 12th birthday, I asked for inline skates. So I, I got those and I played outdoors with like a, a, a guy who would like set up these outdoor things, which was a complete niche thing. And like outdoor hockey is not a thing. And he was like the, one of the only guys in the country that does this kind of thing. So like once every one or two weeks, uh, I go down to this thing and I play a bit. Um, and, then, and then finally, I ended up going and playing with like an actual team for the first time. And yeah, obviously. I, I did okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we, moved, we moved into the neighborhood that we live in now. We moved to a little town outside of Oxford, and uh, and every time we're out on the driveway playing hockey with a with a with a goal at, with a net out and everything, somebody from our own neighborhood stops and they're like, "What is this?" You know. <laughs> what's, what's <doing? laughs> is this <laughs> and we have <laughs> uh, a great, crazy... great photo of uh, a great picture of move moving day when we moved to this town and we had all these sticks lined up against the house we we're when we we're moving it haven't moved them in, into the garage yet and uh, and there's a couple canoe paddles and whatnot there too and i took this picture and it's like you know and the caption's like oh shit some canadians have moved into town
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome i gotta see that photo That's funny
0: <laughs> yes i mean so I can... Go ahead, Brace.
1: I was just going to say, so obviously it's it's a lot different in the UK than it is over over here. Would you say player salaries, probably, I mean, definitely
3: aren't the same. But what
1: would you say, like, the normal salary is for for a player uh, in in the leagues out there?
3: I'm going to say in the elite league, which is the top league here, it's. It's ba- it's barely enough to really uh, keep someone going. It's, it's I-, I don't know the, the exact figures, but it's it's really really little. And if you as as, as you go down the leagues, like you see um, uh, imports and, uh, and other players, uh, they have they play hockey, but they also have to have a job on the side as well to be able to stay, sustain that kind of uh, living and stuff.
2: Uh, I'd say to be, I, I mean, I don't know the exact figure of what they make, but I can guarantee that you cannot live off the money of being even in the elite league. You would have to have another job. So um, when you think about, uh, I think about great movies like Slapshot and stuff like that, where those guys all had another job. Or think about Miracle, where those guys all had, you know, um, they weren't pros, they all had proper jobs and things. It's like that here. There's no way you could survive off the money of being a pro um, hockey player here. And even things like um, when it comes to imports, they're really limited for imports because Mm -hmm. they don't even have a, most teams don't even have a house to put them up in and things, you know. So if you think about they're trying want to try and get you over from like Czechoslovakia or something like that to play, they don't even have a place to put you up. So by the time that, you know, you knock off your rent and whatnot, the UK is really expensive to live in anyway. Mm -hmm. And you'd be living on like, you know, you probably couldn't even eat on the money that you'd be making. But they still
1: train and and play just as much. I mean, obviously, there's not as many teams, but they still have to stay in shape and stay, you know, working with their team. So you got to figure the hours that they're putting in are probably just as equivalent as, as what they do over here. So to have a job as well as practice and play, I mean, those players got to be, uh, got to be pretty tired.
2: Yeah, For sure. For sure. It's got to be pretty tough. It's got to be pretty tough to be a, a pro hockey player here and make ends meet for sure. Um, which is also why you, you tend to see a lot of, um, older players here that have been you know made their way trickled down from the nhl or you know um got drafted at some stage and never actually made it into the show never made it off f- out of the farm leagues and then sort of trickled down out of that and lots of them um end up in the uk leagues but now you're like 35 38 years old and stuff Jeez. like that you know and which so is like ancient
0: another... in the nhl they're like <laughs>
2: what or, or any, you know but um, but, you know, and so they obviously have a whole other life going, whether they're a coach or a personal trainer or, you know, or, or whatever other life they have that's subsidizing their life as an ice, as an ice hockey player. You know?
0: Do they are there any uh, weird mascots there? You know how gritty in the NHL is like sort of taken over as far <laughs> as like true character and this like next level like element of Watching the sport for the for the Flyers, do you guys have any weird? Do they have mascots for the teams. Yeah,
2: yeah, I don't know that. Well, I think some of them do for sure. So Cardiff are called the Cardiff Devils, so they've got like the sort of devil guy character. Um, but I think the nearest to like a gritty is um, actually the Glasgow Clans um, mascot, who's uh, called Clangus.
0: <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> so what <obviously>, is he?
2: <laughs> well, I would say, so it's um, a really, a, a, you know, a, a standard man's um, first, first name in Scotland is Angus. Yeah. So they call him Clangus. But he's like, I don't even know what he is. Like, sort of like Gritty, which is an unidentifiable creature. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Clangus is like a half bull, half party animal. I don't know, I even know what he is. But they seem to love him.
1: <laughs> that's funny Google
2: it.
0: <laughs> yeah
2: yeah for well sure. yeah.
1: i
0: think that's sort of like all of our main questions about everything we're going to do some of our wrap-up questions unless you had some more for, for more stuff you wanted to, to ask us about
2: Nah, we'll save some of it for another time. We'll jump okay. on with you guys again.
0: <laughs> yes, so we usually ask like a handful of quick, rapid-fire questions at the end with all our guests. So, who is your favorite hockey hunk?
3: Oh,
2: hockey hunk. Oh, you right. Okay. Oh, I so you're literally asking me who I think is the most attractive hockey? Player. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can. I can it could be off
1: of off of skills as well.
2: <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind identifying an attractive hockey player, uh, but I'm still, gonna, I'm, I'm still going to stick to the likes of Leafs. I think that um, uh, being a follically challenged guy like myself, uh, <laughs> I'm going to say someone like William Nylander, who still has a proper hockey flow going.
1: Oh, anyway. that's a good one.
3: Yeah, I was, I, I'm going to stick with Leafs as well. I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head, but I was going to go with someone like Kasperi Kaepernick because, again, he is like a great flow and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'll, I mean, he's mostly as as well, so. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he is. <laughs> <laughs> what funny. about,
0: uh what about Hockey Lady? Who's your favorite Hockey Lady? It could be um, like... Uh,
2: do you know that's that's a great question, and um, and if if we uh, jump on with you guys again sometime, we'll get into talking about women's pro hockey here too.
0: Yes, because there is a league, right?
2: There is yeah. a, there is a women's elite league here too, and um, and we're we're huge huge fans of women's hockey, especially since things exploded at the All Star event last year with Kendall Coyne and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. We've, been, yeah. we've been massive massive fans, and um, and so my you know. My uh, So there's a couple of hockey ladies here that I really like that I should shout out, like Ra- uh, Rachel Cartwright and um, Saffron Allen. But um, someone that you guys would know, I would say definitely it'd be like, uh, uh,
3: well, Kendall Coyne. Mm-hmm. God, she's cute
2: and fast as, a, as lightning.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the same, same thing here. Obviously, Rachel Cartwright, huge fan. She's really good player, same as Saffron Allen. But I'm, I'm going to say uh, Marie-Philippe Pallant. Because she is just so good. I, I watched like I think I've watched I watched two games when she played with she played for Calgary I think maybe when before the C uh, the CWHL collapsed. But she's mm-hmm. so good, and she was also recently in the uh, NHL uh, like uh, voting thing with the players. She mm-hmm. was uh, voted the best women's player. She's just so good and and quick before i forget i'm also gonna say hillary knight because i saw a yes. video of her a couple days ago
2: and she's like doing press-ups on a stack of uh, red bull cans or something
1: yeah, and, yeah. I'm,
2: and she is so she is so strong i mean she's an amazing player but she's so muscly as well i just looked at her and I'm thinking that woman could literally kick the shit out of me
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's funny now uh last question would be do you have a favorite arena could be could be anywhere
2: yeah definitely definitely you go Finn
3: yeah I mean so when, when we came to Canada we watched the London Knights and we watched the Maple Leafs mm-hmm. and I, I'm gonna say Scotiabank Arena I know it's the Leafs again but it's it's the one arena I've been to and it is huge and the atmosphere yeah. in it's was so great and Leafs Nation is amazing mm-hmm. and uh, when you have it there everyone's just all good with each other and like all the chance and everything it's it's like literally you walk in there and everyone's saying hi and you know like you know no one there and everyone comes up and says hi and stuff it's just great and it's probably the best rink that i've been in especially
2: uh and i'm gonna go so i would have said that too but uh, I'm, I'm going to go for my hometown rink, uh, which is the Alman Memorial Rink in Stratford, Ontario, uh, which is where I did a lot of my playing and, and played some of my, pro- my best hockey, which, believe me, wasn't that great anyway. But, um, but uh, it's the Almond Memorial Arena in Stratford, Ontario, home of the Stratford Cullitons, now the Stratford Warriors. Great ho- a great hockey town um play NHL players through there the likes of Eddie Olchuk and uh Tim Taylor and uh, originally way back to like Howie Morantz and in vintage historic hockey and uh also home of Justin Bieber
0: yes it, yes, it is, it is. <laughs> the,
2: the Beebs.
0: <laughs> how why we know that I
2: Yeah. Oh, oh I'm a believer. Don't worry. I'm good. So somehow in this great world, when people meet me over here in Europe and uh and they're like, Where are you from? And I'm like, Canada, and they're like, Oh, whereabouts in Canada? And you're sort of like, Well, how well do you know Canada? And it's like, Well, I'm from I'm from a little town of like twenty thousand people and and, uh and they're like, Oh yeah, where? And I'm like a place called Stratford and Ferry and they're like, Oh my god, Justin Bieber so yes we are from the same place
0: yeah and you're like no i don't know him no i don't know
2: him. Yeah, i can cannot...
0: <laughs> i mean do, you don't right
2: <laughs> although he plays hockey right and um and so yeah. he has sort of a standing place i've seen this weirdness where he's i think he's like still signed on with the warriors or something and it's and if he's in town he at least skates with them at practice if not in the game
0: isn't it yeah. nice what money can buy you Indeed, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's a pretty decent player. I've seen some footage of him on the rinks here, and he'll play, like, some of the pickup leagues in L.A. And, you know, he's he's challenged Bennington, Jordan Bennington, the goalie yeah. for the Blues, to a shootout competition, which obviously is postponed at the moment. But yeah. Uh, yeah. he's friends with um, uh, Tyson Berry and Sorry. with uh, Matthews. Matthews and he yeah he was just doing uh he just interviewed matthews this weekend i happened to catch it on instagram well yeah. whenever this is going to air a couple weekends ago on instagram live like bieber's just shooting the shit with matthews like yeah. it's a weird time we live in where right so, where that's so the, one a, thing
2: I, the one thing i say about justin bieber is that he you know you see so many celebrities and and um you know especially like singers and entertainers and whatnot the likes of drake and people like that who sort of latch on to a particular team and a sport and everything like that uh but bieber's a hockey guy you know mm-hmm. the reality is is he's the bo- he's the real deal he was an actual hockey guy i grew up in a hockey town and yep. uh, you know he plays he's a handy player
0: i i'm yes. i'm leaning more towards i'm a bieber hockey related fan i think so far his behavior is good for the sport i don't think it detracts from the sport like that whole nonsense with drake in the nba finals where he was like on the sideline like yelling at players like no 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 no, no. like the bieber can be up in his box with his wife cheering and like you know he can be friends with matthews he's not like to det- it, it, making the sport yucky like i yes. think drake was making i mean the nba is little well, anyway in my opinion so <laughs> like go ahead keep ruining it but i don't think that was helping it so that i
1: actually uh, the last time the leafs were were in la i went to the game and i was in a box and beaver was sitting in the box right above me and i was like <laughs> oh that's awesome were you all. like it was cool when we went well well, i I knew he was there and i was like well it's a good thing wearing my leaf stuff because now i can be friends with him so i'm like how am i supposed (laughs) to accidentally make it to his box (laughs) it didn't work but
3: (laughs) (laughs) when we went to the when we went to the leafs game in canada uh it it was completely completely ironic that um justin bieber was also uh, at the game that we went to as well in the box and it panned up to him on the big screen and stuff and it was just kind of weird because we we talk about him on our our podcast and we're talking about him right now and this kind of thing and he just like fully announced that he was he was in with the Leafs and stuff and the pictures of like Matthews and that lot Um, (laughs) but he was he was in the game that we went to too and it was great Uh, all roads lead to
0: Justin Bieber apparently I love that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, so, since you were talking about the podcast, why don't you uh, tell everybody the name where they can follow you on both the podcast and social media, and then like maybe give us a little preview of of what they can expect when they when they tune in, both pandemic style and non pandemic style.
2: <laughs> well, I'll, maybe I'll I'll tell you a bit about the podcast, and then yeah. will tell you where how to how to find us and, and all that sort of stuff and uh, so we're the uk hockey fan podcast mm-hmm. and and the whole angle i mean you guys have a brilliant podcast by the way and we love it we've been listening to it and Thank um, you. and uh, but you know it 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 it's a good thing but it's it's a busy field and and um, there's some other you know great podcasts out there like steve dangle podcast that we like and um and uh, spitting chicklets and mm-hmm. stuff like that uh and so we wanted to try and get a different angle onto things and for us our, our sort of angle on hockey is you know a canadian father and son living in the uk somehow trying to still be hockey fanatics in a in a culture that just doesn't get it at all really right and so most of a lot of the content for us is the sort of stuff that you'd hear on maybe your own podcast and and some of the others so you know nhl news and stuff that's happened this week and um we try and cover the uk leagues and um and like we mentioned before we're trying to have a real focus on women's hockey and that sort of thing but we'll just talk about hockey memories and and uh you know we'll dig out facts and stories from from the vaults about hockey and that sort of thing as well but really our angle is you know how do you be uh, a big hockey fan and a hockey player in a country that just doesn't really get it
0: (laughs) you guys are figuring out right
2: (laughs) yeah, yeah that's it and so and so we you know um we're lucky enough that the stats tell us that um our podcast at the moment um as of last checking reaches people in 55 different countries and uh and somehow it's we're finding other families that are you know, probably lo- loads of ex- expat North Americans, I would guess, and stuff like that, who are for whatever reason living in a place that doesn't get hockey, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just think that we're sort of connecting with those people. And then more recently, since the shutdown's been on, we've just been uh, we've asked our our listenership to just send us in stuff on social media that they want us to talk about, and we've um, we've opened it up to say we'll talk about any team anywhere. And mm-hmm. so we're doing a special short uh, shutdown series at the moment. And uh, we've talked about NHL teams and we've talked about kids minor league teams in the middle of Scotland. And anybody that has a team, we'll get on the, we'll get on the old Google, find out everything about your team, and we'll talk about you on our podcast <laughs> because what else is there to do? But it's anyway, uh, so we're easy to find. Finn, how do you find us?
3: Yeah, so we are a UK Hockey Fam on most uh, social media platforms, so Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we have a website, ukhockeyfam.co.uk. Uh, we have a YouTube channel. Uh, which is also UK Hockey Fan Podcast. And uh, we also...
2: Where can they actually get the podcast from? Oh, yeah, I was
3: going to say. So you can get us on any place which you can find a podcast. So Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, um, SoundCloud. Um, And uh, we we also have our own email as well. So UKHockeyFan (laughs) at gmail.com.
0: Well, awesome. Thank you so much for enlightening us and our listeners all about everything UK hockey there was so much that is different but also there's a lot that's the same and I think that same thing is just the love of the sport
2: thanks for having us on guys it was yeah great, great to have a chat